There is so much talk in the self-help, psychology, and spiritual field about being perfect the way you are, and at the same time, so much talk about all the ways to improve yourself. The people are, quite frankly, completely confused. They're confused about what's true. Are they perfect the way they are? Or do they need to change things about themselves and aim to become different or better? Today I'm going to cut straight through all of this confusion for you. The foundation of this philosophical issue in fact lies in spiritual teachings that present a different philosophical conundrum. Attain what you desire, or surrender to what is. For thousands of years there are teachers who teach that desire is the root of suffering, and that the way to become happy is to realize this, <laughs> and to remove yourself from the cycle of dissatisfaction and desire, so that you're in total surrender and non-resistance to what is. And there are teachers who teach that desire is the root of personal expansion, and that the way to become happy is to consciously use your desire to bring about what you want, knowing that what you want will always be evolving. The teachers who teach you to be in non-resistance to it is often teach you that everything is perfect as it is, including you. On the other hand, the teachers who teach you to use desire as a method of consciously creating personal and universal expansion often teach that one of the main points of life itself is to evolve. And because this implies changing oneself, improving one's life for the better, they end up teaching what many people would call self-improvement. If you want to learn all about this philosophical debate, you can watch another one of my videos that's titled The Great Spiritual Conundrum. Attain what you desire or surrender to what is. But these philosophical concepts are then clouded by the fact that socialization makes all of us an enemy to ourselves to varying degrees. When we're children, we learn that parts of ourselves are not acceptable and must be denied, disowned, and suppressed. This is a painful process. We were in pain about having to be different rather than being valued the way we are, and that leaves us, I should say most of us, at war with the parts of ourselves that we feel we must change or get rid of or improve in order to have our needs met, most especially the needs that we have from others, like feeling loved. At the same time, we feel desperate to have our needs met, such as to be loved, but the way we are without having to change ourselves. Of course, when we say we want to be loved, what we actually mean is that we want to be valued, wanted, and appreciated. This trauma that all of us experience to varying degrees causes us not to be able to have a truly philosophical look at whether we are perfect the way we are, or whether we need to commit to self-improvement in this life. It makes it so that we have, let's call it a personal agenda regarding what we want the answer to be. We have our own personal desire for what we want the answer to be based on our own personal experience. If you suffered more because you fall more to the extreme end of never feeling wanted and valued and appreciated and because of it have fallen into self-hate and therefore are coming at self-improvement from a place of self-rejection, teachings around the perfection of what is, including that you're perfect the way you are, will cause immense relief. If you want to learn more about this, you can watch three of my videos. The first titled, Want to be loved for who you are. The second titled, Why you can't feel loved for who you are. And the third titled, The Value Realization, a realization that can completely change your life. 
On the other hand, if you suffered more because no one around you changed and kept you stuck in the pain of dysfunctional patterns where you felt powerless to bringing about anything you want, teachings around using desire as a method of consciously creating personal and universal expansion, including changing yourself, will cause immense empowerment. And it's here that I'm going to tell you that you need to drop your search for what the answer to this objective conundrum is. In other words, drop thinking about whether it is right to try to improve yourself or whether you are perfect the way you are. When you are doing this, what you're really doing is just trying to find out what is objectively right, which is just you being in the same pattern again. So instead, you need to discover your motive for doing either. It is the intention behind doing either that is important. It's the motive behind doing either that will reveal whether practicing one or practicing the other is right for you in any given situation. For example, if you're doing some self-improvement practice because you so hate and so reject a part of yourself, you're going to get nowhere with that practice and you will do more damage to yourself and others. If you're doing some self-improvement practice because you're wanting to help a part of yourself, you're going to be benefited by that practice and so will the people around you. Or for example, if you're doing some practice that aligns with you embracing the way you are because you're using it as a way to avoid your fear of taking a necessary action in your life, you're using that practice to feed your own shadow and enable your own dysfunction. It will be detrimental to you and to those around you. If you're using some practice that aligns with you embracing the way that you are because you want to, say, end a war with a part of yourself and integrate it instead, then you're using that practice to establish a condition of true internal peace. It will be a benefit to you and it will be a benefit to those around you. Now let's pull this concept apart even farther. What does it mean to be perfect? Well, what it means is that you have all the required and desired elements, qualities, or characteristics. It means you're as good as it is possible to be. It means that you are free from flaws, faults, or defects. This implies an endedness. This implies that there's no change wanted or needed. Feel the relief there? It offers us a retirement. What from? This lifelong job of self-resistance. When we hear the phrase, you are perfect the way you are, we feel immediate relief. We like it because it feels good. We feel the immediate relief of not having to be in resistance to ourselves. Along with relief that maybe it is possible to be good and right and for someone to love us without us having to put so much effort into changing ourselves. It's a kind of salve for the wounds we all share. Even when you hear someone say, we're all perfectly imperfect. What this means is that we recognize the flaws, the faults, and defects, and even with them, we're exactly as we should be, and therefore don't need to change. So stick with me here. If perfection implies no change is wanted or needed, I want you to answer the question. Why are we so relieved when we hear that nothing has to change? What is it about change that has been or is so painful to us? And is it all change that is painful to us? What change is painful and what change isn't painful, and why? Let's look at a universal truth. You're not a static creature. You're always changing. You were not caused pain because your body had to change from an infant body to a toddler body, or because you changed from speaking one language to another language, or because you got better at playing the violin over time, or because you went from being addicted to a drug to being sober. When it comes to things like this, you don't involve the question, am I perfect the way I am, or do I need to commit to self-improvement? That, that idea doesn't even come to you. That question only enters the picture when we're caused pain because of some change we feel we should or must make. And here's the thing, it's painful because of what we make it mean. We don't really want to do it, we simply think it's the only way to get something else we want. 
in this time-space reality, there's always change. There's always progress. There's always expansion occurring. We could say there's always improvement being sought out and created. That can be done from a place of resistance to and rejection of what is, or it could very well not be. You can, in fact, appreciate what is and also create improvement. These two are not inherently juxtaposed concepts. Improvement suggests that something has gotten or will get better. Better is a perspective dependent on comparison. How are you going to determine whether something is better or not? And who for? <laughs> you see, you can always argue over the rightness or wrongness of the judgment that something is or isn't better. You can also argue that there are positives and negatives to anything, including the way you are versus the way you might change yourself to be. And this really adds complexity to a comparison argument like, what is better? But this is the thing, I don't want you to shy away from really questioning whether something is or isn't better and why or why not. This questioning will bring you closer to knowing whether it is right for you to change something about yourself or whether it is right for you to embrace yourself the way that you are and not change it. If you feel that you are satisfied with your life the way it is, then you do not want or need improvement to yourself or to any external elements of your life. This is an endedness and would mean that there is no expansion that you can find through life anymore. If you've decided that the improvement would be embracing and appreciating yourself the way you are without changing. Ironically, that is the expansion. That is the change. And that is the self-improvement. Most people think that the concept of self-improvement and the concept of being perfect the way you are is a contradiction because they think one is self-loving and the other is not. In other words, one is rejecting of the way you are and the other is approving of the way you are. I'm going to say this and I want you to sit with it because it's something that hardly anyone seems to understand. Self-development does not have to come from a place of self-rejection. It might currently be coming from that place within you, but it doesn't have to. It's an assumption people make that the recognition of something within yourself that you want to change is inherently self-rejecting. And this assumption is not correct. You can, in fact, recognize something within yourself that you want to change and change it in a way that is self-loving and self-supportive. There is a difference between change being motivated by you being for all parts of yourself and change being motivated by you being against a part of yourself. What does all this boil down to? It boils down to the fact that in any given situation, it might be self-loving to do either. It might be loving to embrace yourself the way you are, therefore not changing the way you are, and it might be loving to change yourself to experience an improvement. It may even be self-loving to do a little bit of both. Here's an example of what I mean. Simon grew up with his grandmother. She raised him to be super passive, nurturing, and kind. To do this, she punished him for any and all of his aggressive tendencies until he was effectively able to suppress them himself. The problem is, in this process, she taught him to bury things like his assertion, his strength, his ability to say no, and his inherently active nature. For Simon, the way he is is harming his life experience, is keeping him apart from what he truly wants. The way he is is causing him to end up in narcissistic codependent-style relationships. It's causing him to do all kinds of things that he does not want to do. <laughs> It's causing him to not be respected by anyone. And it's also making him really depressed. Simon's depressed because he isn't taking action to make things different. It doesn't matter if out there in the universe there is some truth hanging out there that everything's perfect the way it is, even in its imperfection. The self-loving thing for Simon to do and the in-alignment thing for him to do is to commit to self-improvement. 
namely to reown his assertion, his strength, his ability to say no, and his inherently active nature too. And this will change all kinds of things about him and also about his life. But let's look at something else. Simon has always been an obsessive person. When he finds something that he's interested in, he becomes consumed by it and all his attention goes there. People are bothered by this behavior. They say he needs to be more balanced and they're upset that they don't get more of his attention when he's obsessed with something. Simon feels really ashamed of this part of himself, needless to say, but can't seem to stop. <laughs> when he's brutally honest with himself, he doesn't really want to change this about himself. He loves the feeling of being totally immersed in something that interests him. Also, as a little side note, it's something that has served him very well because he has a job that he loves that requires intense attention to detail, and quite frankly, the level of detail that he has to be obsessed with here and pay attention to is something that only an obsessive personality could pull off. He just doesn't want being that way to come with the social consequences. Simon decides that he's sick of putting so much effort into trying to change this about himself because he feels so much shame about it. He decides that the in-alignment thing for him to do is to fully own and embrace that he is this way and that it isn't going to change. To do this, Simon engages in practices that one could say are more aligned with you're perfect the way you are. Things like finding approval for his obsessive character and deciding that the people that he wants around him are those that, let's say, appreciate his obsessive behavior and aren't hurt by it. And finding proof that he was meant to be this way because it is so much a part of his purpose, etc. Self-improvement and embracing yourself as you are is not a matter of either or. You don't need to be perfect to have irreplaceable value. You don't need to be perfect to own, accept, and love yourself. And you also don't have to be perfect to be valued, wanted, appreciated, owned, accepted, and loved by others. You don't need to be on a self-improvement quest because you're not valuable or wanted or appreciated or owned or accepted or loved the way you are and thus must become better, become good enough, or become perfect so that you are. If the question of whether you are good enough was removed from the question of do I need to improve myself, or am I perfect the way I am? What would be left then? What would be your motivation for changing yourself, or for keeping yourself the way you are then? Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to my channel, and consider sharing this video with your friends. You can also click on the bell icon to be notified of the next time that I post a video. I want to thank you personally for the bravery that you have to step into awareness. I'll see you in the next video.